break out the carrot sticks and natural yogurt. No artificial hormones added. It's time for the Doctor's Nutrition Show. Dr. Lewis and Janet have a long history of helping people achieve their maximum potential. While Janet is a certified natural health consultant with a unique perspective of alternative and complementary nutrition. Dr. Lewis stays current on the latest research pertaining to nutritional supplements and optimum health. Paramount to their educational journey was their trip to China while studying Chinese medical doctors. Dr. Lewis and Janet know the importance of proper nutrition in the healing process and maintenance of the human body. Get ready to gain a healthy perspective on life. This is the Doctor's Nutrition Show. Hello and welcome to this week's show. I'm Janet Lewis. Yeah, and I'm Dr. Lewis. He is your natural thyroid specialist and we are Doctor's Nutrition of Texas, located in Texas, but can take care of your health needs and issues nationwide. Our website is www.doctorsnutrition.org. It's drsnutrition.org. We have got another informative show for you today. This one is a part two follow-up to our first one that was One Degree of Change about diet and how there's things that you can do to better your own self without having to come see us. I don't know why you'd want to do that, but in case you wanted to and wanted to just change the way you eat, there are some great uh, things that you can do. We thought we'd educate you a little bit uh, more in detail about other items of food choices that might help you and your family. So this show is called Another Degree of Change. So Dr. Lewis, can you start off by telling us what you want us to know? Well, sure. Um, You know, I I do get to talk to people all over the country, and to me that's very exciting and very rewarding. Uh, And it's amazing to me the amount of people that are beginning to get it that our food supply in America is not what it should be. And they're beginning to take responsibility, and they're beginning to grow some of their own food. And I talked to a really nice guy up in Hot Springs uh, named Jim. And uh, although he's a RN in Little Rock, he talked about what he does for growing his own food and how he makes his own bone broth and how he eats eggs, and he understands that eggs are not bad for you. And it's like, well... I appreciate Jim coming to me for help, even though he's way ahead of the average person in uh, knowledge and in action, because it's not what you know that's going to get you well, it's what you do. And so talking about eggs, there's beginning to be a movement where people or farms are beginning to understand, oh, well, I'm producing healthier chickens and healthier eggs. And there are more and more of them that realize that soy is one of the biggest allergens that we have in our diet, but it's also an allergen when it comes to chickens, too. And if you go soy-free in the food for the chickens, then you don't have the allergens that are present in the yolk or in the meat of the chicken. And did you know that birds are actually allergic to corn? Well, corn's used as a filler, and it's a pretty cheap crop to grow versus what you get out of it and it has something in it called bt it's a gene from a bacteria that spliced into the corn that makes it toxic not just for us but for the chickens so keep it out of the chickens so that you're not getting the tainted meat and the tainted eggs too uh the corn also and you've heard janet 
talk a lot about high fructose corn syrup and corn. The corn actually can create fatty liver and suppression of the thyroid, and that's going to be on my book when that comes out. Um, we're seeing more and more fatty liver on younger and younger people, and it's because America has introduced so much corn, soy, and wheat and high fructose corn syrup that we're seeing 16, 18, 20-year-olds that's already had their gallbladder out and they're having liver problems because of the beginning of fatty liver. So it's very important that we understand uh, the importance of eggs and raising the chickens as naturally as you can and as organically as you can. Walmart actually said... Their eggs are going to be cage-free by 2025, but the thing about it is we're going to give you a lot of information. We're going to try to help you understand that cage-free doesn't necessarily mean that they've got a big, large pasture to grow in. It could mean that they just have an extra square foot somewhere. So let's go over a little bit about the different types of eggs because so many people are fooled when they say, oh, well, it's natural. Well, that's not necessarily a good thing. Like organic, for example, chickens and the eggs from chickens, they should be cage-free. They should have the ability to go outdoors, even though the amount of time and um, the amount of space they have is not necessarily specified. So I think it's better to have your local farmer and see what they're feeding the chickens, see if the chickens can go out into the pasture and forage for themselves because they produce a much, much healthier egg. Um, Organic chickens, they can't have any antibiotics, and they have to be fed organic vegetarian food. And that's another thing. Well, okay, you got to do that to label it organic, but chickens by nature are not vegetarian. You know, they'll eat mice and snakes and worms and June bugs, et cetera, et cetera. They love grasshoppers and earthworms. So don't think vegetarian is necessarily a good thing either. Just that's a note to think about. Um, these federal regulations, um, that's one of the things I think the USDA has done a pretty good job on. And that's if you're going to buy the egg in the store and not from your local farmer, organic's the best way to go. When you talk about uh, coming to see you, um, you know, for the new listeners out there, people that don't understand what we do, basically we take the guesswork out of what's going on with your nutrition. So when Dr. Lewis is telling you what kind of eggs and that sort of thing to be eaten, if you're really confused about, you know, whether your nutrition is good to start with, uh, we do low-cost lab work so that, you know, you're not guessing at what you need or may not need. Um, your diet may look great when we look at your lab and say, hey, you know, you're doing a great job. And then there's times people think they're eating really good uh, and the 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 soil that they've uh, been growing their food in is tainted and they don't look good at all on lab. So if you don't even know nutritionally where to begin consider starting with the uh, lab work that we offer and we do offer it across the united states and and then dr lewis doesn't charge to talk to you so there is no guesswork anymore you don't have to go to the health food store after something he says and try that Um, you'll have an answer that's specific for your health needs you know that's a good point you know right before we came to record this i was just talking to a lady that's got some very severe problems she's like in her early 50s 
And she brought a bag full of supplements. And, you know, as you've heard me say, supplements are created very unequally, just kind of like all women are different. And I guess you women think all men are different. And I would have to agree. And I said, well, although these may be good choices, uh, they're not complete. And it's not really going to do the job. And she said, well, I think that's obvious. It's not doing the job. And she has some pretty major problems. If she will get serious with her health, and I think she will, she will definitely get better because I can't say supplements cure anything, but they allow your body to have the raw materials to go out and utilize them for good physiological changes. So that's a good good example of uh, someone that's trying to do the right thing and taking things, but then without lab work, they don't still know for them what's missing. You know, that's good. don't go by how you feel because the lab work will show us things that you won't necessarily most of the time you don't feel the bad things that's going on and remember folks that disease is just adaptive physiology means your body has adapted to something that's wrong and the symptoms and slash diseases that come from that it can be nutritional lack of nutritional Uh, the nutrients that are missing in your food. It can be environmental, the toxins, the plastics, pesticides, fire retardants, uh, cadmium, aluminum, mercury, etc. And it can be spiritual. So there's a lot of possibilities. But as you clean up your diet, that's going to be a very, very good thing. Not complete, but good. And that's why we're talking about diet. So the next thing on eggs is free range. And, you know, again, there's no regulations that talk about the amount of time or the quality of time that these chickens spend outdoors or the quality of what they have access to. You know, my pen wasn't big enough for my chickens. I thought it was about three times bigger than what they needed. Well, no, they ate it down to bare ground. So I had to just open the gate and let them forage on the 24 acres. and But unfortunately, they would come up into the flower bed and tear up Janet's begonias and all those other nice quality flowers. So free range is a good thing, and you can tell a difference when you'd crack one of the eggs from my chickens versus one out of the store. Because the, the yolks are more yellow. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. One-third less cholesterol, which I don't think cholesterol is a big deal anyway. And it was several times more vitamin E, several times more beta carotene, et cetera, et cetera. They're just much, much more nutritious. Uh, the next uh, label you can get into is cage-free. And, you know, that sounds good on the surface, but it's not necessarily giving that particular chicken access to a large or, or a supply of food and water. Uh, there's not any regulation about the types of food and the chickens may be very, very tightly packed. So cage-free is an improvement over conventionally raised chickens, but it's not necessarily something you should get excited about. Well, when you're talking about the difference in um, nutri- you know, the nutrition in the eggs and that sort of thing, what happens in the body when you eat something uh, bad, like from, you know, say you're you know, I don't want to pick on any big or small box store, big box store, whatever your fast food drive through. Right. Uh, but you know, what's the difference? So, so if you're going to, you know, so you're eating a good egg versus a not so good egg, or you're going through the fast food, what happens to the body that makes a difference at all, according to what kind of food you're putting into it? Well, you know, a lot of people, uh, 
we, all of us, live in a society that we've created that is too busy. And, you know, if you're eating, like, say, a third uh, fast food, you're getting a lot of endocrine-disrupting chemicals. You're getting higher levels of the phthalates in your urine because it's excreted. But those phthalates stay in your body, and they're endocrine disruptors. You know, there's wild things, you know, that's beyond me chemically, you know, diethyl hexyl phthalate and then you got i die isodonal phthalate uh these are plasticizers that make uh, plastics flexible like in pvc you notice we got um lead in the water in flint michigan which is a horrible thing and i said back in the 70s when i was doing some plumbing before going to college Hey, we're soldering these copper pipes with lead. That's going to be an issue. The copper's going to be an issue, and then the lead's going to be an issue. Now it is an issue, but what's going to happen, folks, is we're going to find out the phthalates or the plasticizers are going to be a problem in the PVC and now the PEX lines. Well, they say they're correlating uh, those plasticizers to endometriosis and fibrocystic breast and that kind of thing because they're binding the I guess the plastics are binding in there, and people are having problems. Well, they're going on to the uh, estrogen receptor sites, and they're causing little girls to have menstrual cycles and breast many, many years before they should. And these estrogen mimickers, um, there's different types of estrogen, and it's up to the liver to take it and conjugate that molecule and make it into a safer estrogen estrogen excretes it through the bile and then if you're constipated and you don't have the right amount of or right amount or right type of good bacteria in your guts the bad bacteria take these safer uh, well conjugated estrogens and twist them back into the the uh, more harmful ones and then it's reabsorbed through the small intestine and large intestine and those are the ones that have a much higher propensity to cause cancer. So, Did they say the people that, uh, in a recent research, people who ate drive through hamburgers and takeout pizzas have higher levels of phthalates in their, in their urine. So, um, and most of it's sticking in your body. And, and according to Time Magazine, when they say fast food, it was broadly defined. It wasn't just uh, the regular ones that you think of, like McDonald's and Pizza Hut, but it also included sandwich shops and Starbucks and other casual dining restaurants. So you're picking up these phthalates and um, all kind of different things that you're probably not even considering. Uh, You can be drinking the phthalates also, not just uh, eating fast food. Well, you know, that's one of the... It's one of the things I hear quite a bit, and I, I've actually read it. says, well, if you're drinking water out of a plastic bottle, you're inviting cancer. Well, it's not that plastic bottles are good for you, and they've taken the BPA out, but there's usually about 12 other estrogen-mimicking plastics in it. But why would you pick on plastic bottles? Because you're sucking uh, reverse osmosis water out of a plastic straw. You're squeezing out natural don't be fooled by that word natural. You're squeezing out natural, better toothpaste, hopefully fluoride-free, out of a plastic tube onto a plastic toothbrush. Uh, I even talked to an older man not too long ago, and I said, well, the water is coming out of a plastic bidet 
and going into the arterial plexus around your rear. So you're absorbing plastics. And he said, yeah, you're really getting too personal. And I said, well, you asked the question. So didn't mean to offend him. So there's really no way around it. I mean, we live in a society where we're going to be around those things. Yeah, that, that's true. I mean, you don't invite it by microwaving and plastic. And it's really, really best if you avoid styrofoam cups and styrofoam containers. But one of the research studies I read about, you know, even if you're buying a cookies or donuts, not that we should because they're made from wheat, but the plastic, the clear plastic film can actually outgas enough to to cause environmental problems in your body. Because remember, folks, your body is an environment in and of itself. Yeah, they said that uh, when they did this study, at least 35% of the ca- a person that ate at least 35% of their calories from fast food had nearly 24% higher levels of these phthalates, uh, or 20, 24% higher in one of the phthalates and 39% higher in the other phthalate in their urine compared to those who had not consumed any fast food in that time frame. So so you know that those who ate some fast food but got less than 35% of their calories from it, their levels were still nearly 16 to 25% higher, respectively. So they're still getting phthalates just in a different way. So, so then you have to ask yourself, did you get overweight because you're eating the fast food, think GI or gut inflammation, or did you get overweight because of the phthalates that's coming from that? And, you know, half the people that do our program lose weight. It's not a big deal because they're getting healthy. The other half have holy heck losing weight. And it's many times because your body's so toxic, your body's reluctant to shrink that fat cell and expose you to a higher level of chemicals because your detoxification pathways can be impaired. And I see that all the time in liver enzymes. And, of course, you got the P450 pathway, and then you've got methylation, and it goes on and on and on. So you have to increase detox. And detox is kind of an overused buzzword. Oh, do this detox diet. You'll be young, rich, and good-looking in six weeks. Folks don't believe it. You should put enough nutrients in your body every day to detox every day yeah there are specific products that we use our big one to help um, bind these endocrine disruptors is something called diendol methane it's dim which uh, actually because if we're depressing you and telling you all these things are bombarding you there are actually things you can take to help pull those back out every problem we talk about has a solution that's right we give you hope here but, you know, if you think you don't have a problem with phthalates or you're saying, hey, I don't eat at the fast food places, here's some of the things that chemical disruptors with the endocrine system uh, have happened so that you can have an idea how bad the, what the phthalates are causing. Uh, and this is happening in wildlife, testicular cancer, uh, genital dis- deformations. Um, They're having gender disorientation. They don't know which bathroom to use. I guess not. So (laughs) low sperm counts and infertility in a number of species, including the polar bears. And so what are they exposed to? You know, they're eating healthy. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, there's all kinds of good books with research in. It says polar bears have osteoporosis and thyroid problems, and we don't spray stuff up there. So... Folks, it's coming out of the jet stream. And again, you shouldn't be depressed about this. My buddy Dan in North Carolina is a wonderful organic farmer. 
He said, I finally read the book you told me to read. And he said, it's depressing. I said, it shouldn't depress you. It should give you hope because now you have knowledge. But knowledge is only good if you take action. He said, yes, sir. We're just trying to teach you that it doesn't just sneak up on you and grab you. It has been going on for a long time when you start having some issues. You're not getting old. You're getting an accumulation of toxins. So um, the deer, whales, and otters are all having problems with... um, the endocrine dis- system disruptors. Because we're feeding our deer here in Texas. We have feeders, and it's throwing out genetically modified corn. There Think about go. that for a, a while, folks. Oh, my deer and pigs are organic. Not if they're eating under your feet or they're not. That's very true. <laughs> Whoops. So, so <laughs> needless to say, scientists are suspecting phthalates may affect human fertility and reproduction in similar ways also. May suspect it, but the average man's sperm count's down 20, well, no, it's down 50% in the last 50 years. And testosterone sure is, too. Yeah, yeah so you at, know it is. At least. Low T. Well, there's a reason for it. <laughs> Well, teach us a little bit about legumes and lentils then, about what to eat there. Uh, you know, it depends a lot on the culture you were growing up in. You know, I grew up, you know, the East Texas is the beginning of the South, so legumes and lentils really aren't that popular here. <clears throat> but, you know, they're pretty high in fat, and that's a good thing. They're really high in fiber, which is soluble and insoluble, and that's important to have both. They have high protein, a lot of vitamins and minerals. The best thing to do is get familiar with these legumes and lentils and throw them in your soup. Janet makes an incredible tortilla soup or taco soup, and she throws in beans and peas and lentils. And she doesn't want anybody to know it, but she's an incredible cook. Uh, But don't tell anybody. But I try to buy everything organic, even though it costs more. It's like putting 93 octane gas in your car versus the 87. Oh, oh, good analogy. Coming from a woman talking to a man. I am. I'm learning this. (laughs) That just means my car is going to go further down the road because I had organic. Yeah, absolutely right. I'm I'm impressed and almost (laughs) speechless. No, that's good. Uh, But when you do these legumes and lentils, you know, you need to place all these in a big pot and soak it overnight and some people say turn it to a rapid boil turn it off set it aside and then rinse the water because that gets rid of most of the things that cause gas and that's about uh, the indigestible fibers in your beans and so folks do that for the sake of your spouse and children and grandchildren. Because beans are really hard to digest anyway. A person yeah. really has problems. Even animals have problems digesting beans. Uh, that's very true. So uh, if you soak them, it really does help to put a little apple cider vinegar in there. It really does help take away that gassy feeling later. But they sure do taste good on our Tex-Mex food here <laughs> at the beginning of the southeast Texas. Um. Well, let's talk a little bit about simple carbohydrates and complex carbohydrates. Um, A lot of people don't know the difference between one versus the other. So would you explain a little bit about what the difference is between the two of those? Well, most foods, if they're, you know, whole and in their original form, have a little bit of both of simple and complex. But if you wanted to cut it down to the chase, uh, simple carbohydrates are the ones that turn to sugar or glucose too fast, and then your body has to burn these, and it does it very quickly. That's why we crave carbs a lot of times. 
But then after the sugar drops, there goes your mood dropping, your energy drops, and your focus drops. And that's why you should never feed your kids anything that comes out of a box for breakfast in the morning. Um, And if it's not used up right away, like you've got that big insulin spike and the insulin drives in all the glucose that it possibly can, and then there's extra insulin hanging around, it does what? Stores it as fat. Now, the carbohydrate that are complex, that's a whole different ballgame. It's digested very, very slowly, and it's because of the length of the carbohydrates and how it branches and different types of sugar that's attached to these branches. Uh, some of them can't be digested. That's why we talked about the indigestible sugars in some of the beans. And some of our digestive enzymes uh, can't really handle it. And we always, almost always think people should be on digestive enzymes. And that's usually pretty easy to look at on the lab and find out. Yeah, my, um, my favorite one to go with that to help break the beans down and that kind of thing is Alzheimer's. Because it has ox bile in it. It's not just a plant-derived enzyme. Yeah, lipase, cellulase, you da-da-da-da-da. That's most broad spectrum, and I think that's by far the best formula on the market uh, for the most part. You know, And, you know, other complex carbohydrates, you know, Janet's a big fan of sweet potatoes. Of course, she's kind of thin. She can get by with it. I do them, and I love them, but I just can't do them a lot. Carrots and apples, although you got to be car- careful about carrots because they can actually turn to sugar a little bit too quickly. So don't juice your carrots. Eat the fiber with it, and it's the fiber that slows the spike in the glucose. See, a lot of people will just eat the insides out of the fruit and leave the peel because they do juice. So right. that, that kind of takes away from the from what's what needs to happen, right? Right, right. Uh, some, Most of the important uh, nutrients are in the peeling itself. Now, in, our, in my book, I plan to get in there uh, several foods you should not eat, even though they're fruits and vegetables, but you shouldn't eat them because they're so laden with pesticides. So when I say eat the peel, I mean eat the ones that are organic so you don't have the pesticides on it because the average apple's been sprayed about 14 times or so before it goes to market. And still make sure you spray your, wash your vegetables off before you eat them. We use something called Fit uh, yeah. that you spray on there, and it's it's like grapefruit seed. Um, essential some, oils. Essential oils, that not, not synthetic chemicals that are washing it off because mm-hmm. they have those too, so you're really kind of defeating the purpose. Um, but make sure, even if they're organic, to wash them with something before you before yeah. you eat them. Apple cider vinegar, or throw them in a little bit of lemon juice or lime juice, although you'd be wasting the lime and lemon juice on the drink you could have had. <laughs> oh, whoops, did I say that? <coughs> soluble and insoluble fiber. So we've talked about complex and simple carbohydrates. And that's why if you juice... Take the fiber and throw it back into your drink. It's very, very good. You, and that helps have the healthy bowel movements, you know, and that's people will talk to me and say, tell Janet, I, I'm, my trains are going through the tunnel better than they used to. Tell her thank you because she educated me in a way that I can understand. And if you don't know that story, <laughs> oh Lord, <laughs> we always ask people, which is one of the reasons they choose to do our lab work. Once I've spoke to them about bowel movements, Somehow they figure they better do their lab work because they might be missing something. Um, if you're if you're eating three meals a day, you should be having three bowel movements a day. 
And if you say, hey, I've never done that, I don't think that's normal, and I don't understand that, then just look at it this way. If you have three trains that are going through a tunnel, how many would you like to see come out on the other side? I would hope your answer would be three, because that would be the right answer. Because if only one comes through, then where are the other two hiding? The same way with bowel movements. If you're eating three meals and one's coming through or one's coming through every two or three days, where are the rest of your trains? So as those back up into the gut, then you start having organ issues. So that's what I'm telling people whenever whenever you're wondering if you're healthy, that's the first thing to look at is how many bowel movements are you having. And if you're answering, hey, I've, I've, I don't do that. I don't really know where to start to figure that out. That's what we do with the lab work. We figure out, hey, do they have a digestion problem? And if they have a digestion problem, is the thyroid related to that? Because thyroid very much controls digestion, as Dr. Lewis is going to be talking about in his book that will be coming out soon. Um, you know, you you need to look at all parts of why something's not working, not just one, as we've been taught with the medical profession to just address what's wrong. We're looking at the body as a whole. And when Dr. Lewis is talking about what to eat, on that lab we can see things like um, your overnight fasting sugar, but we also see what you've been eating for the last three months, and we're able to tell, hey, they've been a, they've been dipping on the wrong side of those carbohydrates a little too much, or they've been into the fast food joint a little yep. bit too much. Uh, we're very much able to see and pinpoint down what's wrong with what's going on with your body, and sometimes people get by genetically better than others because. They inherited good genetics, and it allows them to get by with more than, say, someone else that's trying to do the right thing. So um, if you're tired of guessing and not feeling good and not really knowing where to start or you know someone that is feeling that way, hey, don't keep us a secret. Pass us around and make sure that, you know, you tell them about this show and get them the help they need. Go on our website to doctorsnutrition.org. Fill out the health survey. That's the first place to start because... That gives Dr. Lewis uh, an opportunity to see what's missing with your health needs and where to start to get you well. And we use labs across the United States, so we're able to help you anywhere. So would you like to say anything to wrap up this session with eating correctly? Yeah, real quickly, the soluble fiber, generally speaking, is your nuts, your fruits, uh, blueberries, carrots, uh, apples, oranges. And those are good. Uh, They help restore insulin level to a a good area and then the insoluble fiber is the one that bulks you up and helps you with the bowel movements they don't dissolve in water uh good examples are zucchini celery broccoli so you know when my friend is licking the salt off the rim of her margarita i hope debbie you're eating your celery and pretending it's a bloody mary because the celery is good for you dark leafy vegetables And, folks, I hope you've learned a lot and had a lot of fun because your health can make a difference. Remember, your intention doesn't get you to your destination, but your direction does, and we'll put you on the right direction to being healthy. Thank you very much. You guys have a blessed week, and we'll see you right here next time right on the Doctor's Nutrition Show.